I, I've said I've said before, there is therapy's great. You know, like working on it, all that stuff is great. However, um, it is like therapy and like uh, dealing with trauma and stuff. That is not literally interchangeable with the practice of witchcraft. You can do both of them. You mm-hmm. many people should do both of them. But the way that people talk about it today is this very like self care. Um, almost like this hallmark, but it, it's funny because they also really hate, they supposedly hate light workers, but they basically talk in that kind of hallmarky, everything is a therapy session kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a degree of sympathy for it, but it's that to me is just how I see a lot of like, you know, what has taken off to define like, quote, modern, I don't even know what to call it because it's not. Like, it's not what I would call crafts, but I guess just paganism or witchery in general. Welcome to the Witches Room Podcast, where we're focused on the art, business, and culture within the magical and occult communities. My name is Derek, and I will be your guide today. Today, we have a very special episode. To help me kick off the launch of the podcast, I had the privilege of interviewing American Druid. You may know her on Instagram or Twitter as Outlaw Priestess. Through our interview, we had an amazing conversation about the current state of the pagan and druidic community, her path, as well as how nutrition and fitness may be a forgotten part of many people's devotional practices, why it's so important to disconnect from technology now and then, and where we see the community heading, as well as our hopes for the future. As you'll notice, I did end up hitting the record button right in the middle of the conversation. We almost immediately jumped into talking, and (laughs) I gotta admit, even though it was our first time uh, actually having a conversation, it was almost instant gold. So I didn't want to lose any more than we already had. Uh, You really didn't miss too much before I ended up hitting the record button. Um just me learning the magical arts of how exactly to eat an apple pie one-handed while driving. But that is not my secret to tell. So instead, let's get into the conversation. I don't care. Um, I come up, I, I, you gotta remember, I come from a time when um you had a witch's number and then your witch's number uh created your witch's name and like this was yeah 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 and it was some pseudo numerology stuff that was trying to be pumped in the 90s and such yeah it was 90 okay yeah it it would it was a wild time in the 90s i'm gonna tell you that right now (laughs) so i've heard (laughs) it was wild to a point like i I listen to you and Georgina and uh, a few others, and it's just like, oh, people who read. Wow, really? That's so <laughs> new to me. <laughs> yeah, it, it sucks that that's as notable as it is, but unfortunately, it, it really seems to be. Yeah. I was thinking about that this morning because everyone's just like, my practice, my practice. And I'm like, we're at a point where like someone can say that like doing like generic breath work and vaguely thinking about like Zeus is a practice like there's really no (laughs) standards anymore yeah and Uh. really the the really the reality came to there were standards and then everyone who had standards had to go get a job and then uh, the 90s happened and no one cared and uh, you know, there were some of yeah. us in a subset that were like a part of, the, especially like the industrial goth scenes, things like that. They kept a little bit of structure and such. But uh, I'll be mm-hmm. candid. Like I look at a lot of the writings today, and I'm just like, kind of like you guys were saying, like we're saying yeah. uh, in that the conversation between you two. If you link it, it's just back down to people that I may have already spoken to back in like '92, '93, yeah. things like that. So it's like, why? Yeah. Maybe, and maybe you can answer this. Why worry about those people that are uh, currently doing it? Are they linking to, like, modern revelations and such? 
because where I come from, I come from an interesting space where uh, I've dealt with a lot of the animisms. I I come from a Native American background already. I've gotten to speak with shamans. I've gotten to speak with medicine men. I've gotten to speak with you know from various cultures, various regions, all that. Uh, Taoists, uh, Buddhists, various cultures. Like I said. Um, what is the new perspective? Um, just going by people that seem to ha like, it's it's interesting to answer that because if we're going to go off of like internet practitioners or people who have tens of thousands of followers and such like, um, these are really people that are kind of like taking social media principles of like, what's a nice way for saying dumbing things down? <laughs> Um, and just making it, there's no nice way to say it. They're turning it into um, a minimum just, viable product. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%, because it's like, and you see from even the way that people discuss it, they don't call it a class or a conversation, they call it content. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm just like, why would you say that about your own work? But it, it's not, it's a very different thing. So there, there's people who practice in real life, and there are people who are looking for followers and sometimes there's a little overlap <laughs> um but they're not guaranteed to be the same thing right. so in terms of the new thing i think it's just like we i guess i'm just gonna start out swinging like hey this is the I've place before, this is I'm the not... place i'm gonna tell yeah. you right now this is that kind of podcast i that's Perfect. that's where i am at good because honestly like i i've said i've said before there is therapy's great you know like working on all that stuff is great however um it is like therapy and like uh dealing with trauma and stuff that is not literally interchangeable with the practice of witchcraft you can do both of them you mm -hmm. many people should do both of them but the way that people talk about it today is this very like self-care um, almost like this hallmark, but it, it's funny because they also really hate, they supposedly hate light workers, but they basically talk in that kind of hallmarky, everything is a therapy session kind of way. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a degree of sympathy for it, but it's that to me is just how I see a lot of like, you know, what has taken off to define like, quote, modern, I don't even know what to call it, because it's not. Like, it's not what I would call craft, but I guess just paganism or witchery in general. Alternate. I, I've coined the term of followers of non-Abrahamic religions. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah. It, it, Pretty much that. Because, I mean, I've seen so much atheism starting to come into it as well and such. And mind <laughs> you, like, I, I have this weird intertwining of technology. Oop. Hi, cat. Fun. Oh. But, um, yeah, I have this weird intertwining of technology and faith, don't get me wrong, but, um, yeah, no. <laughs> the... Oh, that's, that's another thing that I'm very willing to, not, like, argue per se, but something that I don't like to back off on is I cannot stand this, like, supposed atheopaganism nonsense. If you're gonna, like, you don't, it's, it's a nuanced conversation, because, like, yes, the practice of doing magic itself is not linked to any one religion so sure it logically follows that that doesn't have to be tied to a religion sure um but you can't both you cannot have your cake and eat it too and say oh i'm gonna quote work with the gods but also not believe in them i'm going to like, work with the energy that we've named gods <laughs> but it's actually an atom I can't tell you what atom it is, but right. it is an, ad an atom, I'm telling you. I, I yeah. dealt with the same thing back when a lot of... Um, and mind you, I know that there are out there, I, I fully grant like hoodoo is a thing, but to try and bring Jesus in the same light as uh, Odin or Zeus or, uh, you know... It, it, Ishtar, you know, any of them that essentially uh, that whole Abrahamic faith stepped on, especially that whole region, um, it, it it always chafed me a little bit of a wrong way. And I'll, sure. I'll go out on a limb. I'll, there's probably documentation of me 
going off on people about it on the internet and <laughs> I don't care. Um, yeah, for it's, sure. It's weird. I mean, there's like, there's at least some conversation to be had on like syncretism and I do find that really interesting and like beautiful sometimes. And, you know, like you're saying, there's hoodoo. There's also like um, a lot of Irish folk magic. Magic. You'll see people bringing up like Mary and Bridget in the same breath. And, you know, that that comes about from like interesting, you know, mixing factors in history. But at the same, like, I'm not going to hold it against someone if it just rubs them the wrong way, because sure, like it's that's a whole different ballpark. I think it's. And this is sort of the, I guess, the idea in general is like, people can just not like something, and it doesn't mean that you know we're saying that it should be legal or you should just go die. It's just like, okay, this kind of chafes me. It doesn't sit right with me, but you know, do what you're gonna do. Yep, and uh, that's that's ultimately what it comes down to for me, especially in those capacities, because I've I always find it interesting because the. I guess that the part that probably gets me the most is the people that um, the people that have always invoked that have never really understood the culture or the history of the regions that they've yeah. uh, started invoking. And so it's like, okay, so you you have this super maligned uh, view of how those two things interact, but the reality comes down to if you dig deeper, yes. They probably could. They probably could interact, but in different ways. You're not going to yeah. be calling in Ze the power of Zeus and the forgiveness yeah. of Jesus at the same time. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> you know? no, no. And, no, absolutely not, absolutely and, and, not. But I had people argue this. Mind you, I, I have. And I've stepped in some weird circles. I argued with a uh, Christian apologist for a little while. I, I, mm. I was... I was an attack dog for some atheists that would um, that would use that would go after Christian apologists. There's a few of them out there that are really well known, and yeah, it was a interesting time of life. Let's just put it that way. That does sound very '90s. That, that sounds like something that would happen like on '90s chat rooms and stuff like that. '90s, early 2000s, right? Is uh, voice chat really started setting off for sure? Yeah, that's something that I've kind of like, you know, not that I need, I, I've been trying to be on the internet less, which has been just unequivocally great. Um, but if I were to be on it more, it, I don't like, I, I miss the sort of older style of like chat rooms and discussion boards where it seemed more conversation oriented. And I know some people or a lot of people use, you know, what we're recording on now, Discord for that. Um, I just, I never quite like something about Discord never quite clicked for me the same way Snapchat never clicked for me. I just don't understand it. But yeah. that's just me. And I I'll be honest, I came from the days of like IRC, AOL chats, mm -hmm. ICQ type stuff and I mean it doesn't it it's there's just no difference. There is a difference yeah. uh, about it that is not the same at all. Yeah. I guess we've already started, needless to say. Um, yeah, I was going to ask. This on. <laughs> and yeah. that's fine. That's kind of where it's at in this kind of... Uh, for me, the whole goal is uh, it's all conversational. It's free form. I don't expect to be having a bunch of people that are like, I'm presenting because, well, I need to professionally, anything like that. That's... Yeah. I, I, there are enough... There have been enough I've that have gone away and died because... That's all they're there for is to promote other people's books and to put an Amazon link in the bottom. And that's not oh, yeah. my intent at all. Um, I've, yeah. I have a life outside of this that funds my, my joy, my passion. So that's what this is. This is my ability to Good. try and give back to the community and learn, especially because like you said, you are an American Druid and mm -hmm. I, that was interesting to hear that because I've heard that kind of phrase used colloquially before but more in people trying to follow a Native American path so huh. what is different for you? Um, I just started using American Druid because I feel like Druid is a term that so many people see as like just historical and just like, okay, we're talking about like Bronze Age guys, 
cannibalizing people like in robes and that's super cool but you know i just put american to say yeah i've never even been to the isles i'm in the states in 2022 and it's funny because some people would hear it and take it the other and be like why are you some kind of nationalist does it have to be american i'm like bro i just live here i just live here <laughs> like that is that is all i'm saying with that so i kind of just wanted to take a name that made it more about my uh, about the practice than about myself um because like priestess is my dom honorific like that that's not a magical type I, I didn't initiate into that title so i don't say that like when i go to rituals i'm not like oh, i'm not all priestess because right. people will be like you're not even initiated <laughs> um so yeah i just um i wanted something that pointed more to druidry and pointed to the fact that you know like it's a living tradition and it's not just like in the bronze age in you know ireland or gaul or what have you that's awesome awesome so um do you follow more of an animism set do you follow a, a specific pantheon uh that you invoke um a little bit of both uh animism has definitely been a baseline for me for like i want to say the whole time that i've been doing my thing which is since like general teenage years um i've been doing druidry explicitly like since i was 18 so my uh, like there's people <laughs> there's people you can ask in adf who are like oh yeah she turned up and started like you know dancing in the middle of the ritual um in terms of pantheons i kind of it's it fluctuates a little bit but the primary ones tend to be like pan celtic i'm not even going to pretend that it's like strictly irish or like purely any one thing because if you're gonna like do any kind of celtic something a lot of the stories like are from different regions and they'll clearly intermingle with each other mm-hmm. but it just seems like more trouble than it's worth to try and do just an irish or just a scottish because like sure i'm partially irish but like you know i used to when i tried originally having meetups i called it mudcraft because like i'm mixed and the people that I work with in real, in real life just coincidentally also happened to be mixed. And I was like, this is about, again, it's about the path, it's about what we're doing. I don't give a fuck about like, if you take your pedigree to the gods and like try and show that off instead of your practice, best case scenario, they're gonna laugh at you. Worst case, you know, you get your quacks cleaned. Like I, I, I'm not an atheist, so <laughs> like I, I see that stuff very literally. Um, and I rant a lot, so I'm sorry if that was- You're fine. You're good. Not an answer. <laughs> You're good. Yeah, mostly mostly Celtic. Um I there's been some Nordic like over the years. Like I've you know, I have a few uh I'm like a very devotional type polytheist. So like I have I'm more about the relationships that I have with specific deities rather than like trying to just pull from like one pantheon. But also like you were saying uh, a little earlier, like you're not going to call on like Zeus and Jesus in the same thing right. and expect that to work out. Right. You take, you take it, you know, really know a little bit, read the room, read the room, <laughs> read, read the metaphysical the room. room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause that's another way, like talking about getting your clogs cleaned by the gods. Like I've just kind of like, got, you know, bless them, but I've seen people kind of try to do that in rituals and best case scenario, nothing happens. Um, worst case, you kind of just get fried and you can't really do shit for a week. So yeah. You know, you yeah. live in work. So you brought up ADF. Um, I have yeah. heard you pronounce it about uh, five dozen times now. I, it's okay. Like, back up, back up, back up. So I'm not going to try and butcher the name. So I'm going to have you introduce mm-hmm. it. Um, tell me a little bit about <laughs> that in general, that whole structure, how you came about to find it, and... Um, just kind of how that's uh, helped you along your path. Sure. So, um, for one, it is Arnwyoch Spain, but no worries about pronouncing it. I am not, uh, I don't even, I, I used to be more intrigued to try and include like um, different languages like Gaelic and stuff in my rituals. I think the gods know damn well <laughs> that like I don't speak Gaelic, so I'd rather just be practical. Um, in ter- I'm sorry, so you were saying in terms of how I found it. Um, it's this is one of those things that couldn't happen i mean it could but it wouldn't happen how it happened for me in 2022 because 
I found them off of Witchbox, I believe. Which oh. I'm sure you remember. I, yeah, um, I know Witchbox very. <laughs> I've known Witchbox very well over the years, and I was, uh, you know, shed that whole single tear uh, when it went downhill, yeah. and uh, then I shed another one when it um, when it died. So, yeah, yeah, it's just not a website anymore. Yeah. Um, Witchbox. Um, I obviously caught the very tail end of it, the last leg of it. Um, yeah, for those who don't know, it was. I still think a great website where there were discussion boards where you could post not just discussions, there were places for essays and poetry, um, just for like the general witchy inclined peoples at large. And they had this very efficient page for events and you could input your location and just find people near you. And I wasn't, I don't think I was even looking specifically for druids. I was just seeing what was around in terms of pagan groups. And I'm like, oh, this seems cool. Um, they seem like an actual organization and not like, you know, somebody in their backyard, which is fine, you know, <laughs> that that's still awesome. But they were doing it, they were doing a, I want to say in bulk ritual, I could be wrong, at an empty Unitarian Universalist church, which <laughs> they have a pretty peaceful relationship with UU. <laughs> so I try to be nice to Unitarians just because of that, because they're really nice to Druids. Um, and I just love that they they have what's literally called the core order of ritual. They put actual effort into liturgy. There's a way that ritual goes. It's very well researched. Um, yes, the whole organization is less than 40 years old, but, you know, whatever. Um, in a lot terms more of, money uh, went into Scientology when it was a lot younger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're still not a terrorist organization. Yeah. Um, but in terms worms. of... Oh yeah, <laughs> um, I think you were asking the like how it kind of helped me on my path. Or, yeah, or how has it helped? Path? How has it guided you? How have you, uh, you know, how? Where does it uh, come in for like the community aspect? Maybe things like that. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. So my what's really been invaluable to me about ADF from even from when I shifted from. I used to be very, very active, like putting together rituals with them. I would either be just participating in some way or I'd be actually leading some of them. Um, and then I just kind of got to a point where I wanted to just be more solitary for a few different reasons. And what's great about it is the ADF website has a ton of material on how to put a ritual together. Um, all of the scripts from like the various groves across the countries rituals for the past however many years. Um, there's something called the Dedican Path, which I've been doing, and I've started to kind of share some of my progress with that, where it's like, okay, um, it's an optional path for those uh, who choose to do it. It's not enforced or anything, although I think it should be. Um, and basically, you have to shove your nose in some books and read. And like, there's uh, requirements for history, spirituality, um, and to just have a working understanding of, okay, what are the gods? What are the nature spirits? Um, and so you have to both, you have to attend rituals and write about them. And then you have to have a working knowledge of what the hell you're doing. So I just love that it's like, there's an equal emphasis on both action and ritual in real life, and also on scholarship of the lore that we do have and of history. And that's something that, you know, like not to just shade everything else, but that's that's what I found lacking in just the kind of lackadaisical general new agery, because I'm from Los Angeles. I'm used to just do what makes you feel good, like mm -hmm. intuition. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that doesn't actually mean anything. So that's, that's what I love. Be mindful. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, okay, great. Like, what now? Uh, have fun with that. <laughs> right. So, um, another part of your specific, a piece that you kind of have molded into your uh, craft, your ritual, if you will, is mm -hmm. um, fitness. Tell me a little bit yeah. more about that. You promised, you promised <laughs> you would tell me what that record is. You're right, you're right. Okay, so here's the funniest, here's the funniest part. Um, I started calling myself Deadwood St. Jude because, like, alliteration. <laughs> it's actually something that I've struggled with the most just for form. Like, my... Because I work out alone. And 
I am starting to branch out into including other people, but when I'm working out, it's, you know, it's a devotional offering for me. Like I, you know, I don't, I don't see a reason to make a secret of it. My, uh, every time I work out, I do an evocation to the Morgan beforehand and I offer everything I do to her. And that is like sort of our relationship because she's a battle goddess. She's big on sovereignty and she's protected me, you know, in my shenanigans for all these years. So it just sort of hit me one day. I'm like, I should like make this a, a thing. Uh, so my deadlift is really measly. It's like 175. Like, oh come on. It's <laughs> I could do better. It's just that like for a long time I was doing dumbbells only. Um, it just when you work out alone, there's some things that were, it's just hard to get your form correct, and I would just be reaching too far down. So anyway. Um, I'm a lot prouder of my leg press. My leg press is 340. Just to show That's that right. off. Right. Uh, thank you. Um, but how that actually fits in for me is uh, a few different levels because being in the gym and doing like not just like cardio or whatever else. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, for me, <laughs> weights. <laughs> I'm so self-conscious of being an asshole now. Um, it's it forces you to be present in a way that not a lot of things do. And frankly, I have a tendency, like, I struggle with disassociation, just straight up. And when I'm in the gym, there's none of that. You're right there, you're fully in your body. And it's this meditative place where, you know, I I feel myself, but I'm, I'm not even listening to music a lot of the time because I'm, like doing that sort of communion with the Morgan specifically um and how it's sort of just shown up in my actual practice is like it is I see it as physical alchemy because you start off you know however you start I'm not saying people are led but you know I started off I had a hard time gaining any weight I had a hard time eating I had a really disordered issue with eating to begin with and I've always just been very small and skinny and I you know, I used to be more uh, into like I when I was like a teenager, I found the Viking stuff super appealing because mm -hmm. you know, young, full of energy, and such. So like, um, and I was, I would get into the mm -hmm. was Vikings like starting to come out and really uh, hit like all the Viking uh, pop culture starting to come out at that point in time, or was it just a little bit later? Um, it was like starting to when I was getting into mm -hmm. it because. I would see these cool buff Asatru guys and I'd be like, what are they doing? <laughs> um, and I was, I used to be so aggro, like I'm a Scorpio, um, <laughs> so you, you can imagine. But I was like, I keep, in witchcraft and in paganism, you see strength, people talk about it as this very just abstract internal thing, and that's fine, but I see it as an invitation to physicalize that, to do it in real time, and I'm very big on you know, read your books, do the lore, know your, you know, philosophy, what have you, but also do stuff in real life. So I just love that it's something where I can, re like, keep on building and growing. Like, whatever else, Henry Rollins has a beautiful article or essay called Iron in the Soul, and he ends it with, um, you know, in the world's People can tell you that you're a god, a total asshole, a bastard. The world can throw you whatever it's going to throw you. But in a gym, 100 pounds is always 100 pounds. Like, it's, there's something profoundly humbling there because you can't lie. You can't pretend to be able to lift more than you can. You'll hurt yourself. Um, and it doesn't care if you had a bad day, it's like, what's going on? It's you are there to do that physical alchemy of turning your pain, your anger, your whatever into fuel to for physical growth. So that's my that's my ranty answer for that. That's awesome. Thank yeah. yeah. Alright, so uh, recently you put out a YouTube video. Um, your I believe you called it your longest YouTube video ever. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> that that wasn't a podcast that, that we, we need to add that caveat. Um, <laughs> you went through nine of those of your druidic virtues. Um, yes. Which one would you say that you felt 
most connected to, and which one would you say that you've had the most trouble kind of grasping for yourself? I'm really That's curious a great question. about that. Um, for one, hospitality has, that one is still the hugest for me because it's deceptively simple. And it's also like this really deep concept that uh, Druidry and a lot of paganism is actually built on. Because it's not just hospitality of like, you go to a restaurant and a waiter's nice to you. It's like speaking to this very deep, like sort of web of connections, of relationships that life itself is hinged on. Because at like the idea is basically that at any and all given times, we are in relationship to all living things. And that doesn't mean we're friends with them. It doesn't mean like a romantic relationship. It means like, you know, uh, you have a relationship with your neighbors, you have a relationship with your landlord, like there, there's all, everything is a relationship. And as druids, as practitioners, the idea is that we are there to cultivate and refine those relationships into the most honorable, best version that we can. Um, so I love that because it is, it's both, it's tied up in relationships and it's also tied up in honor. And I get that that's a very clunky, antiquated <laughs> word that sounds pretentious at this point in 2022. But we do need it because, and this culture doesn't value it. Like, no. we don't live in a world that values honor. So no. I think that's a problem. It gets debated over too many times, far too many times. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, the one that I've struggled with, um, oof, which, which one did I connect to? There's one that I kind of connected to basically like purity of heart. And kind of just staying open um, and not letting things make you cynical and kind of bitter. <laughs> um, I think I connected that to fertility, um, but I guess courage a little bit. I guess courage is one I've tussled with because we have, the, like, to speak of Vikings and stuff, we have this very, like, movie idea of courage in battle and, like, you know, I'm going to go fight my bullies or something. And that's just not the situation. For most people, ninety-nine, okay, ninety-five percent of the time. I, I'm a bigger guy, you know. I've always been a bigger guy. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I'll be candid. I I like the fact that although I can tell you exactly how they went and they always went in my favor. Ultimately, I've had about a handful of actual physical altercations, but that's just because I've been able to outwit people. I've been able mm. to just tear them apart with my words and not, you don't have to if you know how to use your your cognitive power your verbal prowess you don't have to elicit fists but it's always good to have that strength still like you've mentioned um mm -hmm. to back it up if it if it's needed and that's the way a lot of vikings went a lot of people forget that they would go and they would negotiate first. It wasn't, yeah. un often it wasn't until one or two things happened that they would attack. They felt yeah. insulted by the, by the Dane Guild, or they were bored. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, yeah. mm, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, come, I come from a lot of Danish background personally, so um, I, I apologize to anyone who was affected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the fun thing. I think we've gotten to such a point of the whole Viking symbol has been so hot for long enough now that I think at least some of us are able to recognize, like, they might have been badass and cool looking and stuff, but we're not, like, building morals, you know, like, on these people necessarily. No. Like, it's a lot more complex. Yeah. Uh, just to throw uh, the Northmen out there, one of the many things I liked about it was that there was zero glamorization of... You know, like, no, they were doing heinous shit. Right. Like, they were right. out here raiding and slaving, like, not castles, but, like, a lot of the time just innocent people who couldn't fight them off. Abbeys. They they would hit a lot of churches and abbeys and little villages and stuff, no doubt. Um, the one, it, during the, the actual series, the Vikings, of Vikings, um, the person I most often associated with was was Floki more than any other oh, ones yeah, that actually totally. did any like real battle or anything like that but just how yeah. he how he struggled with the identity change and things like that that was going on and such 
Um, there's yeah. another one, uh, The Last Kingdom, that deals with mm -hmm. a lot of that kind of stuff as well. The identity of the of the Danish as they start assimilating down towards the south. And not only that, the fact that they did assimilate for 250 years into that British and Irish culture um, mm -hmm. and such. So that's a... I really... I've really enjoyed seeing a lot of those discoveries come up and things like that. I'm a student of history and because of, like I said, coming from such an earlier time in uh, modern paganism, I've had to look toward, I've had to look back to look forward. Like I've had to yeah, look exactly. at archaeology, I've had to look at uh, like psychology. I'm a student of people a lot more than I'm a student of any one writer or any literature. I, I learn from interaction, I learn from dealing with people and just engaging and because I believe everyone has a magic unto themselves. It doesn't matter what part of the religious spectrum you're from, um, you will present your magic just through engagement. Um, mm -hmm. That being said, I do want to, I want to come back real quick. I have a curiosity. You said that you struggled with putting on weight. Um, yeah. Not enough people talk about that struggle, and I want to highlight that because I've that's something else I noticed during uh, my research and like like I said, my little bit of Instagram stalking you and such was that you mentioned yeah. that um, how how did you do that? Like, um, did you use a specialty diet? Is it just through your exercise program? Um, mm. You know, I, I know coming from where I am, which is an actual intense weight reduction process, I was up, up mm -hmm. at like 350 pounds um, and I mm -hmm. dropped over 150 pounds during that wow. process. I Great. used predominantly, like I, I did a little bit different than you. I used predominant, obviously because I was obesely overweight, I used mostly body weight exercise, but I'll tell you what, that extra mm -hmm. 200 uh, pounds is quite the intense thing when you're first beginning on uh, any type of exercise. Body weight is a oh, lot yeah. more intense. <laughs> I um, hate, to this day, I hate body weight exercises. They suck. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was just, I just did a circuit this morning as a, fa as a matter of fact because it's disgusting outside and I have a blown knee oh, that's yeah. acting up. Um, but uh, I also use paleo to do drastic and I lost almost 90 pounds in about 90 days totally wow. healthy monitored by a doctor everything it was ridiculous the way that he described it um, huh. but I'm curious how did you do it and one other question yeah does this look like a decent enough starter kettlebell for a kettlebell swing <laughs> like this is an old technology book but that i have just laying around. you know but i'm trying to convince people like five pounds to me that come around that they need to do kettlebell swings like this before they're allowed to sit down <laughs> yeah i think honestly that's probably at least like a five pounder from what i'm saying um so you you're asking how how did how i did do you, it how have you been bulking up yeah mm -hmm. how yeah, so um, it really did have to be diet because when I started working out, I so I had been vegan for, I don't even know, like maybe eight-ish, seven, eight years at that point. I've been vegetarian my whole life up until that, um, early since I was five. And I started doing all weight training and I was spinning my wheels. Like it felt like kind of nothing was happening. I could lift a little more than I could before, but I still just didn't feel stronger. I was tired. I still had that fat fatigue. And um, I started eating meat straight up. Like I stopped being vegan. I started with fish, then I worked up to chicken, then I started with dairy again. And now I'm like eating steak uh, almost every day. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I'm not here to tell anyone what to do. But for me, um, it's been a world of difference because uh, when, yeah. I'll tell people what to do. Eat your steak. Ignore yeah, your weenies, you eat you. your steak. I, I come from a wholesome, yeah. uh, like ranching, farming community. Eat your damn Probably. steak. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, it, it was such a, just like, a, not to, you know, it, it was a journey just coming to that because you, you really, especially as a young woman, I feel like people are constantly trying to just exploit your empathy for whatever it is that they want. And I'm sorry, but the, I'm not sorry. The vegan community, heavy air quotes, 
does the shit out of that because it's like, oh, if you eat meat, you're a murderer, blah, blah, blah. And at this point, oh. life is predicated on death. Every living thing survives by eating something else. And we are in the animal kingdom. And I just like, I'm, I'm not gonna apologize. I've been immensely healthier. I used to suffer from like brain fog all the time. And like, when you do serious, like any kind of strength training or, or weight training, it works up your appetite. You, I actually got hungry for the first time in a while because before that, and this is my biggest thing. It's like, obviously everyone has their own where they're starting from, but the absence of obesity is also not health. Like there's right. a, this idea that just being skinny is healthy. Um, I was just incredibly stagnant. I had no appetite. I was under eating. Um, and when I started, you know, like actually seriously working out and I do not just mean cardio, um, I got fucking hungry. So I started eating real food <laughs> and uh, both of those things together. I think I'm up like 20 some pounds, which I'm super happy about because yeah. I was stuck for years. So Heck yeah. Thank oh, you. Yeah. I like that. I like that. More people need to talk about it, especially because, like I said, not enough people are out there. Like, everyone talks about stop being fat. And how about uh, just right. have a healthy body and a healthy appreciation of your body? That's good enough. You know? So. Yeah. And I do want to say, like, I don't. One of the biggest things for me that I do try and, like, you know, impart when it's solicited or at least, like, on my own Instagram page is. You know sure like weight loss is very important for a lot of people i'm not undermining that but just especially like as a woman um and like in la and this whole like culture whatever um people kind of think that fitness just stops at being skinny right. and it, there's all these really unhealthy ideas that go with that like just you know excusing under eating um or just slaving away doing cardio all the time and it's like dude you are starving yourself you're like this is this idea of toning is like, dude, I don't, I, I feel bad for some of the personal trainers that have to like deal with a lot of these misconceptions or, I, I mean, I'm grateful for some of them. Cause like I've learned, I work out alone, you know, as I was saying. So a lot of what I've learned has been from a couple of people in real life. Um, but a lot of people that I do just follow on the internet who have an actual nutritionist background and like a degree of science and whatnot, but who also do strength training. So I like the holistic, like, balance kind of approach. That's awesome. All right, yeah. so... Uh, I, I do remember you talked about keto and paleo, so we can definitely yep. get to that, too. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're probably going to... Uh, I don't want to eat up too much of your time, and we only got oh, about yeah. 10 more minutes of, this, of the time gotcha. we scheduled, so I got mm -hmm. two more questions I really want to ask. Yeah. So maybe there will have to be a round two. Mayhaps. All right, so to bring it all kind of back together and bring all this into a nice tidy little package, um, one of the things I'm going to have kind of as a consistent question is how, moving forward, maybe about five or so years ago, there was an article that went out that was talking about how there was finally a decline in the Judeo-Christian population. And mm -hmm. it wasn't atheists taking it up. It was mm -hmm. agnostics and it was pagans. And pagans were slightly edging out the agnostics. Mm -hmm. I literally jumped for joy that day because I have been an aggressive pagan apologist if you will I'm, like i'm not a i'm i don't try and act and be like no you two quoked fallacy yourself into obliteration mr atheist and said i'm like no 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 you're right and everyone's like what what no no the science yeah. is right the religion is right and watch yeah. how we can bring it all together see now now let's have a conversation and everyone's just like i my whole argument's falling apart <laughs> So, but that's not dogma. How could you? Exactly, yeah. and, and, and that's the weirdest part. Is now atheists have dogma, but again, oh, yeah. we will get into that on another conversation, hopefully, because that's sure. a whole another can of worms. What I'm mm -hmm. curious uh, about is how do you think we can um, continue that trend and start bringing more people into the fold not necessarily into any one specific fold but it just kind of into the uh just get them onto a branch of the tree somewhere you know do you think that this new wave of uh 
what do you guys call, what do you call it witch talk that's another one i'm having oh, yeah. a whole ton of issues getting into TikTok, <laughs> and it's yeah it, it might be my political affiliations and all that and <laughs> the fact that i know china or just being an adult <laughs> no i'm not an adult i'm a man um <laughs> no just i know it it's a product of the chinese government all the servers yeah, go back to china up. so all of the data you are not guaranteed that there is no data harvesting i'm just going to point that out to everyone oh, I on tiktok joke, air quote <laughs> joke several times that it's the ccp data mining propaganda app it is like, <laughs> no they've they've actually come out and said it is it is it's how they're they couldn't get companies like te telecom companies to give them information, so they yeah. just they figured out how to socially engineer us. But um, yeah. again, let's let's put that on a back burner. And yeah. how can we how can we get more people to just kind of um, open up and explore? Uh, is it like I said? Is it but is it TikTok? Is it Instagram? Is it just more community events? Uh, I have a theory myself that it's getting little tiny temples into communities. There's churches everywhere. And that's why you think, when you think religion, you think, yeah. you know, that. You go that way. So what what do you see? Um, for one, I'm just going to make a controversial statement. I'm anti-recruitment. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of these people that are identifying as pagan today need to go back to the church. They'll be happier. However, um, for the people that, you know, like would just to sound patronizing would be better off as pagans, as conscious pagans. Um, I think it's been a massive mistake focusing on social media overwhelmingly. And I think it's, you know, like not to take it here, but it's a mistake making it a political identity because you have all these people, you know, like, like myself and people who are, you know, less intense than myself who just kind of want to live their lives and what they do, like with paganism, with anything, they want it to be about their actual beliefs and they don't want to feel pressured into tying it to some kind of online activism. A lot of people just don't want to do that. And if we can just like make it, it's it's about belief. If we can keep it to being about belief um, and about connection and connecting with people in real life, then that will be the sustainable move for something that will survive past just, because it's like, whenever things happen it's like of course people aren't <clears throat> always super close on the internet because that's the nature of the beast it's a tool it is not a substitute for social interaction so if we can take it back a little old school and you know like you're saying um just to have more opportunities for people to do stuff in real life i'm gonna try and do a meetup again uh i just got way uh busy last time um I think that what it's slower going and it's hard like you know everyone says that organizing pagans is like herding cats but it's you get the people that are going to stick around and you get the people who are more serious about it out of the people who are willing to show up in real life and not just make you know TikTok videos for attention right. so yeah and to just also like you know to step out of my mean character for a second like <laughs> you know just have empathy for people because i started when i was a teenager too and everyone does dumb shit but it's the ones who like people who are doing dumb shit to eventually grow into something more serious they will i know i remember the people who took me seriously and still offered like hey read this here's some resources call me if you need ghost busting like stuff like that mm -hmm. um so it, it takes more effort but um do it <laughs> just put up Awesome. Uh, last piece that I'm going to ask mm -hmm. you at this point. Um, if there was one book, one resource that you would recommend to anyone just getting started, like just mm -hmm. in getting interested in ADF, interested in um, Druidry at all, or to follow anywhere near, kind of walk a similar path as yourself, where would mm -hmm. you guide them? Um, Ian Corrigan's work, definitely okay. Ian Corrigan. Um, he has a his book Sacred Fire Holy Well, is probably the best primer I've ever found. There is a book called Literally the Druids Primer by Luke Eastwood, um, and I love it. But it's a a bit of a dry read for some. Um, 
but it's great because there's it's kind of equally every single chapter is literally here's what we know from history here's what you can do now so if you learn that way it's great but i think ian uh is just awesome because he has so much work like he's one of those people that i've been honored to to speak with on my own podcast and just in real life because he the sheer volume of what he's contributed to the druidic i don't know if you want to say movement community whatever um and the quality of it not just volume but the quality is something that you just don't see very often so um and he, he i have people that like I, i've interviewed my friend uh, murtog he hasn't written his book yet so i can't tell people like go check out tog because he'll be like oh just send me an email and i'm like tog people don't like do that <laughs> um it's their loss because he's awesome but uh, ian corrigan long, long and short <clears throat> awesome awesome all right um other than that where can people find you in a non-toxic environment <laughs> thank you for that um the i will just say i used to make fun of instagram it's now my favorite social media app because it's the chillest you can find me as outlaw priestess on insta um, I will shamelessly plug my Patreon. Um, I tend to post, like, I'm trying to do a few, like, audio meditative files a month because I'm like, I'm actually kind of good at that um, and I enjoy doing it. Um, but I'll put, like, exclusive stuff on there. I'm doing drive-bys on Twitter at this point. I'll post something, I'll disappear, like, a couple times a week. I'm not sticking around on that damn website. Uh, so it's Instagram. Not, yeah, it's not yeah. good. Twitter's not good for anything but meager uh, self-promotion. Yeah, and you know, like I'm um, connect with who you can. I, I've connected with some really cool people on basically every website, but that's a uh, that's bringing your authentic energy. So awesome! Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. So, how was that? She's great, isn't she? I really enjoyed the conversation regarding the intersection of her uh, growth towards physical well-being with her devotional practices and how she uses that to um, commune with the Morrigan. Also, um, if you've heard my first oral newsletter release on Monday, you may notice a theme um, of breaking out of stereotypes that have been cast onto the magical and occult community. This is something I plan on exploring a lot in the future because this is what's exciting me about being part of the community in the 21st century. So do me a favor. Um, head over to your favorite podcast player. Leave me a review. Tell me what part of the interview you enjoyed. That kind of stuff will really help, especially if you also leave, you know, one star or five stars. You tell me. I'll take the feedback no matter what. Also, if you did like what you hear, remember to refer it to a friend. Word of mouth is the only way podcasts actually grow. And one final request. If you have any feedback, questions, or just want to help guide the podcast, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at The Witches Room, or email me at thewitchesroompodcast at gmail.com. And I'll see you Monday.